0: The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash LOL. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash LOL. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good evening and happy Monday to everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed the games yesterday. Uh, we had all sorts of stuff in real sports going on too. We had a two two great conference championship games in the NFL. I don't know if anybody's a tennis fan, but that that final between Yannick Sinner and Medvedev was was an instant classic. Outstanding match. I know I don't try not to bring up uh, real sports too much on these, but I do. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge sports fan, so I will uh, mention it from time to time. Anyway, uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to quickly recap Sunday night in the LCS since I didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday. Uh, We'll talk about LPL this morning, talk about the LPL matches uh, coming up tomorrow. Um, Just a quick scheduling, some housekeeping here. I am going to be away this upcoming weekend, so what I'm going to try to do is get ahead a day or two on these matches. And I might be releasing these podcasts a day early What that's going to mean is I might not necessarily have starting lineups for the LPL and stuff like that, but um, I am going to try to get something out to you guys so that we have something. And then um, it shouldn't be – on your end, it shouldn't be that much different other than I'm giving you the stuff early and I might have to make updates if there's lineup changes or anything that's drastically affecting any positions. So anyway, let's take a look at the LCS from Sunday night. We actually had a pretty good night this – Luckily, but we had a good night, um, in the LCS, uh, we ended up plus 2.235 units on the night. First match we had was, um, I'm doing these in reverse order, sorry, but it's just how I took notes, so, um, Liquid versus Immortals. Immortals were our position we took, didn't end up winning, but, um, did cover the kill spread, I believe, I believe they did, yeah, they did cover the kill spread, anyway, um, Anyway, Liquid amassed a statistically significant gold lead. It wasn't, like, massive or anything, but they did. It was significant through the first 20 minutes of this one. They kind of threw it all back on a barren flip 10 minutes later, which made this interesting for a little bit, but they eventually clawed back control and, and picked up the win. You know, APA had a pretty good scoreline. I think he had, like, 7-3-6 and six or something like that, but, you know... He was trying to make me look like an asshole, but frankly, his teammates did most of the work in this one, and he was partially responsible for that bust Baron situation. So, he's still on bench alert, in my opinion. I'm still going to be super skeptical of this Liquid team unless uh, he can figure some new things out. I just worry that if the meta gets away from the stuff he's good at, that this team's going to be they're going to really struggle because he's going to become more of a liability. I think they're okay, like they're they're hanging in right now, but he could eventually be a huge problem. Uh, next up, we have Energy and FlyQuest. There was some really, really suspect decision making early in this game from FlyQuest, and it kind of just got out of hand, and they never really had a chance because it got out of control. Uh, dude, they had such a godlike draft setup. They had the Darius counter pick in top, Darius plus Sejuani against Udyr seems like a dream. But inspired and Whipple just had bad games. They lost a couple of early engagements, and that, that's you know that was the end of it. There was there wasn't really much else to say. This is a this is a game that flat Quest probably it wasn't like an auto win but it was like a draft iffy to the point where like it was like a 75 25 kind of game before it happened in the draft in my opinion but um they just kind of got bodied and they messed up you know people have bad games i'm not going to try to look too much into this everyone's going to probably overreact to it but this was a a bad game from bwipo and inspired at the same time kind of rolled you know snake eyes so Cloud9, Shopify. Oof. Um, so there was, like, a bug. It was funny. There was a... I-, I didn't get to watch this one live. I had to go back and watch the VOD, but I was uh, box score watching, and there was a really goofy bug with the API on this one where, like, it showed Cloud9 had, like, a 7,000-gold lead at, like, 15 minutes or 12 minutes or something like that and then threw it all back. But you actually watch the game. Like, that's not what actually happened. So um, I mentioned yesterday, you know, <laughs> I said i said all right i'm done backing you know i i, I didn't say i'm done backing shopify but i ba- i went against them in this spot and i was like oh you know they're gonna they're gonna do the same thing carmine corp's gonna do and you know soon i backed them back them back them back them back them and as soon as i fade them they come through which they did again today by the way um anyway sure enough shopify did end up winning this game but this was a wild one from the draft like so we got to see mid-Sion for the first time in a little while. I think with how strong tanks are that it's a possibility that we're going to see more of this. Um, I'm a little surprised we haven't seen more Sion. We've seen a little bit of it um, in the top lane. But um, I'm a little surprised we haven't seen it like support with Senna and uh, in mid lane. But um, he does kind of have a tough time with stuff like Azir and Corky, who he can't really do anything against. But he's a pretty on un- an interactive champion anyway. So they take the Sion mid. This is open handed by the way. Um, their entire team comp is on display. And Cloud9, Jojo decided to try with an R five Vein counterpick to the Scion, and Vane obviously is a they call it like a tank spanking champion. She does percentage health damage. Um, so she's typically very good against tanks in lane, which is why you see topside vein sometimes. But uh, they picked this vein and I think they were like seeing the tree and not the forest, so to speak. They they didn't they had a lily on the other team. Shopify had a lily on the other team. One, she's extremely potent on this patch, and two, you know, Vein's low range. So yeah, you're gonna be able to kill this Scion in lane, but Scion can still just shove you out early. Like you're not gonna be able to kill him early. And eventually it gets to a point where like he can just clear the wave back off, reset, clear the wave back off, reset, and yeah, you're gonna do a bunch of damage to him, but you're never gonna actually kill him and in team fights even if you're able to kill him like the lilia is still free dpsing and lilia is really really good against low range stuff because it helps it makes it easier for her to hit all her abilities and she's super tuned like overtuned right now in terms of uh, she's not super overtuned she just takes advantage of the ap itemization better than a lot of champions do just does a ton of damage very strong champion like a when it's good it's great kind of champion so yeah i don't know a little bit arrogant to me. It was a, it was a it was a neat idea, but I think they kind of like I said, saw the tree and not the forest, and got tunnel visioned on counter pick when they probably should have just took like Azir or something or Quirky or I don't remember exactly what the draft was, but anyway, we somehow got, so I had a double stake on the under twenty nine minutes here instead of playing the Cloud Nine kill spreads as like a proxy for Cloud Nine stomp this game, and we ended up winning this by two seconds. It was like twenty eight fifty eight. I did not see Shopify getting us home this way, but you know sometimes you're lucky, and this was the first. This was the first like I've had like two, two super lucky wins this season. This was one of them, so we'll take it. It made us a positive two units instead of a negative one point seven or whatever it was. So, um, Dignitas hundred thieves. This was a slobber knocker game with a chippy 41 kills. Uh, 100 Thieves weren't exactly amassing a huge gold lead, but they kind of had all the momentum in this one. They took all the early objectives. They stacked a, a Cloud Soul in 24 minutes. They couldn't really close with it or pick up a Baron with it to help siege this game out. So, like, it kind of just like stalled out. The game kind of meandered until Elder Drake spawned. Um, you know, a little before that, like, in the setup for Elder Drake, 100 Thieves got found a really good engage, got a 3 for team teamfight win. They decided to shove mid and just attempt to win the game, but Dignitas were able to clear the wave before the second Nexus Tower went down. 100 Thieves had to retreat. Dignitas took advantage of this by picking up the Elder Drake themselves because 100 Thieves got low on the siege. And um, that kind of made this interesting for a little bit, but... Hundred Thieves just regrouped, grabbed Baron quickly, and shoved out bot lane to take advantage of the mid and hip being down. Uh, Rich was like trying to like front line and pull the wave away a little bit, but he ended up just taking a ton of damage and straight up dying uh, to like a last second Senna ult there. That gave Hundred Thieves confidence to press forward and win as the elder buffs were kind of falling off, and they ended up taking this game down. You know. 100 Thieves aren't the cleanest, but they are resilient, and they've got hands for days, especially in this top trio. I I have a feeling this team's going to be really good. Like, I think this team's probably going to end up better than the last iteration of 100 Thieves, which was overrated. And it's kind of funny how this happens sometimes where you get a team that loses like an entrenched veteran, and they had a a bunch of name brand value on that team, but they weren't actually a good team, or they were a one-dimensional team. This one, I think, doesn't have a lot of name brand value and could end up getting there and being pretty good i don't know if they're going to be able to unseat c9 but they're definitely a stock up for me moving on to the lpl on monday we had FunPlus phoenix against team we this was a back and forth series uh three pretty close games uh really the first two were really really close games back and forth could have gone either way they split each one one um we had dragon total overs and both got both of those home without much of a sweat um the sad thing for this was we had fun plus money line as well plus 148 they absolutely should have won this game three they they amassed like a four thousand goal lead at just over the 16 minute mark and just immediately threw all of it back and they ended up losing that like they ended up losing the game within the next 14 minutes which is frankly impressive as hell like to be up. First of all, being up four thousand gold at sixteen minutes is like a one. Like there's like a one percent chance. It's like a one percent outer. Like ninety nine percent of the time, the team with the lead wins in that situation in the LPL over the last three or four years. And I'm I'm not exaggerating. It's like quite literally like ninety nine percent. Even in the LPL, where teams throw games all the time. Um. This wasn't even a scaling thing. This was just mistakes. They got a little bit ahead of themselves. Maybe communication issues uh it was it was a weird weird throw like this game looked in the bag right away but that's why you got to play the games out um I'm not really sure if there's any kind of signal to this or if it's just early season sloppiness but you know losing losing on throws always feels pretty bad we've had a couple this season I I think it's probably more just early season sloppiness right now uh so I'm not going to look too much into it Anyway, I'm kind of digressing here. This was, I thought this would be a competitive series, and it was. Got both the Dragon total over home despite losing the money line. Ended up with a positive day in the LPL. Um, I didn't play anything in BLG versus Anyone's Legend, but first game in this series was surprisingly competitive. Uh, BLG eventually took over and turned the corner and never really looked back. But, I, you know, I keep the second game was one-way traffic, just a 26-minute stomp from BLG. This team's really, really good. I think the main takeaway from this series for me is that anyone's legend, you know, I've been kind of confident about this team, but like, I still think they're like, they're almost definitely better than what the market thinks of them. Even if I don't think they're quite truly a good team yet. So, I, um, you know, we're going to have our chances with anyone's legend. I think against some of these bad teams, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be able to clean up the bottom of the table. Cause to me, they, they look a clear tier above the dumpster fire teams. So, we we'll be able to take advantage of that in a few spots this season, hopefully. You know, I'm not gonna have a chance to review these LEC games uh, until like later on tonight, so I'm probably I'm not gonna get a chance to talk about these on the podcast. We had kind of a- it was a rough day in the LEC. I ended up losing. I think uh, uh, it wasn't that rough a day, I guess, but we ended up losing 1.5 units on the LEC this afternoon. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to review these games. I was able to watch the the Mad Lions game and the SKG2 game but um don't really have too many thoughts. I'm going to I'm going to have to review these and take a look at them again before I go anything. Um, probably won't talk about them on the show though just for time's sake this week. Talk about them more next week heading into or well going into this upcoming weekend for the playoffs and everything. All right, moving on to Tuesday morning in the LPL. Tuesday, January 30th, we have two LPL matches. That's the only thing on the slate for tomorrow in the majors. Um First match is Royal Never Give Up, minus 638, minus 1.5 maps at minus 171 against Ultra Prime, plus 449 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at plus 140. The underdog sweep is at plus 1167. RNG running Breathe, Wei, Tangwan, LWX, and Ming, same lineup we've seen. Ultra Prime running Decade Hacker, Yue Kai Doggo, and Jue, same lineup we've been seeing. Um, you know, that Ultra Prime LGD match the other day was probably the worst series of, of actual gameplay like in terms of quality of play that I've watched so far in 2022 in the majors. Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure if I'm remembering this correctly, but there was a really, really bad matchup. It might have been those two. It might have been LGD and somebody else in the summer, but, you know, that they won the award for like the worst played series last year. Uh, there were a couple like all-time bad series play-wise last year, but I digress. Now, I'm really, really optimistic about this RNG team. I've talked about this quite a bit. I think they have, like, they're getting Ming back. He's an all-timer, second-best support in this region ever. I think he's the only person that's remotely challenging Mako. Um, there's a case that – you could make a case that he's been better. I just think he's had better help. And, um, you know, he's had to do he's had to do more with fewer AD carries than Mako's had to do. But anyway um, – Ultra Prime opposite. I'm super bearish on this lineup, and so far, they've delivered on that. They look terrible. You know, the last team I said looks like dog shit was Carmine Corp, and they've kind of shut my mouth the last couple days and picked my pockets. But um, I don't know. To me, this is like a bit of a leap of faith, but I'm gonna take RNG minus 1.5 maps at minus 171 for one unit. It's a little bit early to be laying this big a price with RNG, but I really do think... U- Ultra Prime look like the worst team in the LPL to me. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit forward projecting, but I think RNG are going to eventually be a good team. I think they're already a pretty good team. I think they could be a great team. Um, I'm just... It's a big number. But I I I think they're I don't see them losing this series. I think they're just gonna do it. Like the RNG are good enough and consistent enough at what they do. They've also faced a really really difficult you know set of opponents so far. I think they played top esports not really difficult. They played they beat EDG two to one and they lost O two to top esports. But this is like by far their easiest. This is like a two tier down step down in competition from top esports. So. I have a feeling they're going to just completely smash against a bad team like this. This is also a huge step up in competition for Ultra Prime, who have looked god-awful against two other not-good teams. So, a little bit of transitive property, oversimplification here, I'll admit. But if you like Ultra Prime, I'd play the plus 9.5 kills, and or like kill total overs or something. But I like RNG to sweep. Next up, we have LGD Gaming against Edward Gaming. LGD are plus 215 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 131. Minus 1.5 is at plus 593. And EDG are minus 271 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 108, and plus 1.5 at minus 902. LGD are running the same setup. Uh, Birdle, Meteor, High Chow, Kepler, and Jinjiao. EDG are switching things up a little bit. They're running solo kill uh, for his debut on the top side here. Uh, JJ, Fisher, Leave, and Vampire. Now, I'm not sure if this is just EDG giving Ale some, like, you know, the League of Legends equivalent of Veteran Day off because they don't think LGD are very good, or if they're just kind of floundering a bit and just want to shake things up because they've started off 1 and 4. I'm not going to hard plant a flag on either of those, but, you know, it's, it's more realistically, it's a long season. They're probably just changing it up. They want to see what they have in solo kill, and... It's really early. We've only seen two matches. LGD haven't really faced anybody good and EDG have faced some uh, some competent teams. But I think it's kind of damning to see that like it's early. You want to give a grain of salt to this stuff, but like the models made LGD a sizable favorite in this game. And you know, I don't think that's actually true. I think EDG should be favored in this match. They have enough players with pedigree and enough experience. And this organization's good, and LGD is not a good organization, like in terms of like play quality usually. But I think like I don't know. I I haven't even liked the LGD so far either. And I think maybe they're a little bit better than I'm giving them the credit for because I was super bearish on this lineup coming in. and I've kind of remained that, but. Like and my main concern for that was that like they didn't upgrade their bot lane when most of the teams in the LPL upgraded their bot lane. The thing with this matchup is like I think they their top trio isn't great, but I think their top trio is probably similar to EDG's right now. And I think their bottom lane might actually be better. Like I don't think they have the best player, but as a bottom lane, I think they're probably better because Vampire still hasn't shown a whole lot. This is like one of the only matchups where I think LGD are not just outgunned. And LGD have shown a pulse this season. They've been competitive in a few games, albeit against not good teams. So, you know, I could end up looking like an idiot tomorrow because LGD, I mean, LGD struggled with Ultra Prime. And I just said Ultra Prime looked like the worst team in the league. And LGD also haven't been great. So... This could end up looking stupid, but this is more a fade of EDG than an endorsement of LGD to me. I think, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about how, like, the changes in this EDG lineup don't match up with what everyone's done. And that this team could be a threat to miss playoffs for the only the second split in the organization's history, which is, like, 11 years old or whatever at this point. Um I'll, I'll admit this is a huge step down in competition for EDG, but I nothing I've seen from them makes me confident that they're going to, like, steamroll this game. And I think in the current meta, where teams are just having trouble closing games out in general, that dogs are a lot, you know, a lot live. Like, dogs are a lot more live against mediocre teams than they are against good teams, which, oh, my God, rocket science, right? Holy shit, what a, what a hot take, then right? But... um. I just think, like, EDG haven't shown me enough yet. I'm going to take a stab against EDG here. I think these are going to be long-drawn-out games and that like LGD are live to take one or two of them. Uh, I played LGD plus 1.5 maps at minus 131 for one unit, LGD Moneyline plus 215 for a quarter unit, and the LGD Sweep for 0.1 units. I also played the Map 1 and Map 2 over 4.5 dragons at plus 128 for one unit each. That's all for Tuesday morning. I'm probably going to try to get the Wednesday and Thursday Eastern Slates both done tomorrow and probably get two shows out tomorrow. Uh, Until then, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, Check the Patreon out. Uh, Hit me up if you want a link to the Sports Department Discord. That's kind of where we all hang out. And uh, until then, I will see you tomorrow. Best of luck.